Welcome to the Westminster Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast from Westminster Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. This week's sermon is from Head Pastor Owen Stepp, titled The Practice of Prayer, and is part of our sermon series on the season of Lent. You can join us for live worship Sunday mornings at 11 on our website, westminstercharlotte.org. Now enjoy this week's message from Pastor Owen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 10. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will not give up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Indeed, Lord, open our eyes today. Fill our hearts with all that you are. Draw us close to yourself. Our Father in heaven, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lent is kind of a funny season in some ways because it's practiced by people who sometimes aren't even normally in church, right? Somebody grew up Catholic and practiced Lent, so they still give up stuff, right? Kind of out of habit or just whatever they might be doing at that point in their life. In fact, uh, I was once listening to sports talk radio and they talked about the things that they were giving up for Lent. Not the normal crowd that would be talking about religious things, right? But the one guy said he was giving up soda, and the other guy said he was giving up chicken wings, which I think is crazy uh, to give up wings for Lent. Um, but the third guy said, well, I'm going to Vegas next week, so I'm not giving up anything. What are we giving up? Is that what Lent is? What I'm challenging us as a church family together to do in these days is not so much give up something, but to take on some practices that will help us draw closer to God in this season, that will help us grow our attention toward the one who has loved us. And at the root of it all is growing a sense of discipline in our lives that deepens our discipleship with Jesus. Following Jesus always takes discipline in this generation or in any generation because there is a tendency, there is an inertia within us to kind of get swept up with the cultural wash that is all around us. And we fall into many of the same habits that everybody around us does as well. And those things which ought to be building us up in our relationship with God sometimes become impediments between our relationship with God and with our one another. So it's good to have a season like this where we are intentionally taking on habits and practices in our lives 
that can focus our attention on God and who he calls us to be. You have probably received by now your Lenten practices, and we encourage you to, to develop these. Today we're going to talk about prayer as one of those primary practices that draw us closer to God. Rick Warren in The Purpose Driven Life talks about the fact that our character is essentially the sum of our habits. Who we are becoming is a result of the things that we do over and over in our lives. So let me ask you a question this morning. What character is growing in you because of your habits? What character is growing inside of me because of the things that I do over and over on a daily basis? We can use terms like habits or practices or disciplines kind of interchangeably here, but habits are the tool by which God shapes us. He shapes our character and our spirit as we live this life. Our habits are shaping us for better or for worse each day, consciously or unconsciously. Those things that we do, those practices that we engage are shaping us into the people that we will become. It's time to give attention to those things. Hear me when I tell you that the greatest habits that we can cultivate in our lives as believers in Jesus are the oldest and most simple habits that we could have, reading God's word and praying on a daily basis. Those habits are foundational elements for building our life, as the song says, upon the love of God, knowing God's word and lifting up our voices to him in prayer. There really are a lot of really good and helpful practices, but these are the foundation of our life with God. If we engage these practices of prayer over the course of the days of Lent, I promise you, you will change. You will come closer to God. Philip Yancey wrote a book called Prayer, Does It Make Any Difference? And in that work, he wrote about the writer Patricia Hampel walking on a pilgrimage to Assisi in Italy. He writes this, when she began, she was walking and she made a list in answer to the question, what is prayer? So she wrote down a few words, praise, gratitude, begging, pleading, cutting deals, fruitless whining and pulling, focus. And then the list broke off, for she discovered that prayer only seems like an act of language. But fundamentally, she writes, prayer is a position, a placement of oneself. She went on to discover that prayer as focus is not a way of limiting what can be seen. It is a habit of attention brought to bear on all that is. Be still in that focus of attention. All else comes into focus. And in that rift in my routine, the universe falls into alignment. Do we cultivate that space of attention by prayer in our lives where everything else falls into alignment under God? As we said last week, God works by attention. And prayer grows that attention within us. As we endeavor to grow in our habits of prayer during these days, there are a few questions we probably need to answer, and the most basic and elemental one might be, why pray? Why pray? The first and the best answer, I believe, is in obedience to Jesus. 
When Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer that was read this morning, he began, when you pray, pray like this. He said during the Sermon on the Mount, as we studied on Wednesday night, several times, when you pray, pray like this. Don't pray like that. Paul, in the New Testament, entreats us to pray without ceasing. There is an assumption based on those who follow Jesus that they will pray. It's as simple as that. It's an assumption and a commandment that Jesus gave to those who follow him. Scriptures were replete with the invitation of God to come to him in prayer. But how do we come to God in prayer? And I think this really gets to the heart of why we pray. The whole secret is in those first two words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father. Our Father. The secret of prayer is that everything is built on the understanding that we are children coming to our Heavenly Father who loves us and has goodness for us and will lead us through this life. But often we kind of fall into the rut, don't we, of just kind of bringing our grocery list to God of all the things that we want and all the things that we need. Now, we're told in Scripture to to pray for those things, right? To pray for the sick, to pray for those who are in need. But there is so much more uh, richness in the fellowship of God in prayer than we generally give time and attention toward. The gift of prayer is so much more. We grow in our understanding of God's love and of his peace and of his joy and of his provision. We grow to understand what it means to have a Father in heaven who loves us and created all things. All of these blessings come primarily in our time of prayer with our Father. We engage in the practice of prayer at the invitation of Jesus because he commanded us and expects us to do so, so that we might remain in a relationship with our Father in heaven. The second reason to pray is that it changes us. It changes us. Prayer changes us. Tim Keller writes that prayer is the only entryway into genuine self-knowledge. It is also, he writes, the main way we experience deep change, the reordering of our loves. Don't we need our loves, our affections reordered by God? Prayer changes us. Prayer is a habit that profoundly shapes us into people who have a deeper, growing longing for God in our lives and a communion with Him. Beyond taking our laundry list of things that we want God to get on board with, the selfless and the selfish things alike, prayer is an entryway to become the people that God created and called us to be, the ones that Christ redeemed on the cross. It grounds us in the knowledge that we are finite creatures with infinite souls. But with all that, the most basic thing about it is that it reminds us of who we are. We are beloved children of the Most High King of the universe. By returning to God in prayer, day after day, time after time, we find our primary identity rooted deeply in the life of God. 
By the habit of prayer, we learn to trust the one who is our Father in heaven, as Jesus said in the prayer, to give us our daily bread, to deliver us from the evil one, to keep us from the time of trial. By that habit of prayer, we do learn to trust him. We become less anxious and less worried and less self-centered, and we become more trusting and more faithful and more God-centered in our lives. Prayer changes us. And as Tish Harrison Warren, an Anglican priest, said, prayer adjusts our eyes to see God even in the darkness. Prayer is that tool that God teaches us that even in the darkness as well as the light, God is still God and he still loves us and he has a plan for our lives and he has provision for us as well. Prayer changes us. And so, as, as I promised you, I believe that if we take these challenges of spiritual formation, of daily habits in our lives and weekly habits in our lives, we'll be changed over these next few weeks. The simple, intentional act that's humble as well of kneeling prayer three times a day before our Father in heaven will change us. It will make us different. It will orient our day differently as we enter it on our knees before God. So I want to share one of my favorite prayers with you today. It's one that my parents taught my brothers and me. You might have seen this come in the mail so far. You, either you got it yesterday or you'll get it tomorrow. Um, but it is one of the great good morning prayers that's a gift that I use each morning now as I roll out of bed onto my knees to greet the Lord every morning. And it can be this simple. So I, wanna, I want you to join me. If you are at home, you can even maybe get on a knee. Um, as we come before God today. It's called the good morning prayer. Open your hands in front of you, even our posture before God to receive what he has for us. Let's pray this good morning prayer together. Good morning, Lord. This is your day. I am your child. Show me your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I commend that prayer to you as a tool that God can use to shape our lives together. It's the prayer that we began our session retreat with last weekend. We held our hands open and said, Lord, take whatever you need to away from us and replace it with whatever you have for us. Good morning, Lord. This is your day. I am your child. Show me your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Every day we will be changed as we humble ourselves before God and ask for God's blessing and guidance and provision in our lives. Prayer changes us. It reminds us who we are. And the final reason that I think we pray is the one that Paul gives us in Ephesians. He articulates it well. We live in a spiritual world where the real business of life is spiritual things with souls that will endure for eternity. One of the great temptations of our day is to believe that all is material, that the material is all that is true and real around us. But God gives us a spirit and his Holy Spirit as well to remind us, as Paul says, 
our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, the rulers, the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. God has given us a role to play by prayer in the drama of creation and of redemption. Blaise Pascal, the great mathematician, once wrote that God instituted prayer precisely to give creatures the dignity of causality, the dignity of being a part of God's work in this world. God allows us, think about this, to be part of his change in the world, his redemption in the world. Prayer is the invitation to become part of that in our spirits that are more real even than our bodies. Sometimes that change that comes in the world is because of the work that we do with our hands and with our voices, with our minds. That is the action that we take to bring some new result in the world. But if prayer is anything, it is another tool by which God allows us to affect change in the world somehow mysteriously by His grace. I can't unpack for you exactly what all that means, how God uses our prayers. It's the beautiful mystery of God's Holy Spirit. It's one of those things that I, will be one of my first questions when I meet Him one day. What is it about prayer? Tell me how that works. But God allows us to be part of his redemptive work. I do not believe Jesus would command us to pray if it didn't make any difference. So even when we don't know what to pray, when we're not sure what the principalities and the powers around us are, we have the good news of God's promise in our lives too. One that's our word of the week for this coming week from Romans chapter 8. You may read it with me. It's on your, on your screen there this morning. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. If you say, well, I don't know how to pray, none of us do. And that's the good news, is that God doesn't leave us alone in that, but the Holy Spirit urges inside of us to bring our petitions before God, to align our spirit with God's spirit. And it's the beautiful part of our work in seeking the kingdom of God, of praying the kingdom of God to come here on earth. Our work is part of our prayer, and our prayer is part of our work. Every task that we undertake is an act of prayer to God, and every word of our prayers is work with God. We have the privilege in all things to labor alongside our Lord Jesus Christ and the God who created all things and will bring all things to their completion. So I encourage you, take hold of this tool that God has given us and let it take hold of you in prayer that we might be changed. Why pray? Because Jesus commanded and expected that we would. We, we can be changed, second of all, by the life of prayer that God gives us. And finally, we pray because it is a spiritual world that we are a part of. And we are able to join the very work of God 
in the midst of our prayers for his glory. We offer our prayers, we offer our work together. Let us pray. Lord God, today we do give you thanks for the gift of prayer. We thank you that the disciples had enough sense to ask Jesus to teach them how to pray and that we have those words from you today. Holy God, as we have confessed our sin to you, we confess that we are lost and broken and weak, but that indeed you are strong. Our Father in heaven, you will keep us in your strength and in your peace and in your love and in your joy all the days of our life. And so, God, I pray for each person that's listening to this message today that they would hear from you. And not just that they would hear it, but they would put these words into practice, that they would come to you in prayer, and that, God, you would meet each one of us as your children who need to hear from you, who need your embrace, who need your guidance in our lives and your power. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Pastor Owen Stepp. If you'd like to find out more about our church or view a video of the full service, visit our website at westminstercharlotte.org. We look forward to seeing you soon.